Welcome to the Just Pod, a podcast by the Criminal Justice Section of the ABA, the unified voice of criminal justice. Welcome to this episode of the Just Pod. Today, I am joined by Dean Madeline Landrieu of Loyola University, New Orleans College of Law, and Dean Suda Sutty of Western New England University School of Law. Deans Landrieu and Sutty, thank you so much for joining us. Happy to be with you. Great to be here. Great. Well, we are joined today by Madeline and Suda to discuss a new initiative at the ABA that is housed within the criminal justice section. And that is the Legal Education Police Practices Consortium, also known as the consortium, which we'll use moving forward. The consortium is a network of over 50 law schools across the country who are coordinating and collaborating under the auspices of the ABA to contribute to the national effort to examine and address legal issues in policing and public safety. So with that, let me turn the time over to you, Madeline. You are currently the chair of the advisory committee of the consortium, and we're one of the first law schools to sign on to this initiative. Can you tell us a little bit about how the consortium got started and why this work is important to you and to Loyola? Yeah, thanks so much. And it's so great to be here with my colleague, Dean Setti. You know, for over a hundred years, Loyola University in New Orleans has been preparing tomorrow's lawyers, the future generation of lawyers to serve their communities in pursuit of justice. This lesson is instilled in our law students from the very beginning. And last summer, when the world sort of watched in real time the injustices that we've known about for so long, but when we watched what was happening, there was a real increase in awareness, right? When we had the murder of Mr. Floyd and the death and the injuries to so many others, black and brown people at the hands of law enforcement. Deans in law schools got together and said, what is our role? What should we be doing, right? If we know and understand that there are systemic issues of racial injustice that are getting in the way every day, what should we be doing as educators of tomorrow's lawyers? So a group of deans got together and in connection with the ABA, partnered with each other. Think about creating a collective energy around addressing policies and practices throughout the country. The protests that swept the nation really spurred us to action. And I was so proud to be a part of this. Here in New Orleans, we had already as a law school partnered with our local law enforcement, the New Orleans Police Department, and had engaged in some really terrific practices that we had already tried to bring to the nation. The protests of 2020 found us in a position of having our phones ringing off the hook for this kind of training. So this Police Practices Consortium was a natural space for Loyola to engage. And I was so honored to be selected to serve as the advisory board chair to lead this work. Well, thank you very much for that, Madeline. We were fortunate enough to get a taste for your passion for this issue at Annual this year. As you spoke in part of the panel entitled The Future of Policing, 
ending senseless violence and igniting transformative reform alongside Lenita Baker, Ben Crump, Tamika Palmer, and Linda Williams. Yeah, that was an amazing panel of advocates who really are bringing voice to this issue of policing in America and what it really means and how we have to retrain all of us in the ways that we can do this work better. You might remember that I was asked on that panel, one of the questions from the audience was so interesting, whether 80% of officers are good and only 10 are bad or whether 80% are bad, or is it policies or is it people? And really I think police officers wake up every morning wanting to do good work and wanting to serve the public that they swear an oath to serve. But our policies and practices over the years have become malaligned with the needs of the community. And we all collectively need to rethink and reimagine what public safety in this country looks like. So our hope is that this consortium in partnership with the ABA can help elevate these issues from research from member schools and that we can drive really strong, good policy throughout our law enforcement agencies across the country. I really appreciate that comment, Madeline. We've had a few guests on this podcast speaking to police reform or what should next steps for reform be in the wake of the murder of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Aubrey, as you mentioned. And one of the things that stood out to me from a couple of those participants was something very similar to what you just articulated. Um, we had a police chief on here who said, if you don't want us to enforce a certain law, you got to change the law. You have to do the work to change those laws. So while they're certainly addressing bad actors and things like that, I certainly appreciate your comment there because certainly within this section, we want to honor the men and women who serve with integrity in their role to help protect us. So thank you very much for your remarks. And, and now Suda, why was it important for you as Dean of Western New England University School of Law to join the consortium? Yeah, thank you. You know, Western New England has been part of the community, serving the community, dedicated to leading the community for over a hundred years and has a strong social justice tradition. And I think that we as a law school continue to try to broaden that work through different initiatives that we have at the law school you know, we have a center for social justice that works on a lot of economic justice and racial justice initiatives. We have a student body, like in a lot of law schools who are coming to law school in greater numbers than ever, really focused on what social justice lawyering and activism and advocacy looks like and how to use the tools of the law to bring change to systems that they see in need of improvement. And they help us be leaders in this space. And I think we also have a law faculty that's dedicated to anti-racism as part of not only legal education, but key training for lawyers today and in the future, right? This is what we feel is fundamental to develop lawyers who are thoughtful, ethical, competent, and operating with integrity in how they approach the work that they do. So how does that help us be part of this consortium? I think a couple of things are pressing even regionally. Western New England University is located in Springfield, Massachusetts. Massachusetts has a new state-level initiative, the Massachusetts Peace Officer Standards and Training Commission, 
This came about after a lot of work in our state legislature. It was suggested by the Black and Latino Caucus of the legislature as part of the need for institutional and structural reform. And it's beginning to engage in statewide work now to help create standards that support members of the community and also, as you and Madeline alluded to, supporting police officers in training and in working towards institutional cultural shifts that are occurring and will be occurring in the future. And this is work that I've been in conversation with lawmakers about. I'm very excited about it and thinking about the role that the law school can play in this. On a a much more local level, we're in the city of Springfield, which is the only police department that was investigated by the Trump administration's Department of Justice and found to be in violation of civil rights standards. Department of Justice issued a report last year that followed an investigation of the Springfield Police Department's narcotics unit, finding a bunch of civil rights violations and has been working with the police department toward reform. So knowing that this report was coming out, you know, over a year ago, I was already in conversation with members of the Springfield City Council and the local offices of the U.S. Attorney to identify ways in which Western New England University law students could support this work and become a part of this work. And that came about at the time that the conversations that Madeline was talking about, about the formation of this consortium, that those were underway. So obviously there's some synergy there, right? Thinking about what can be done on a local level, on a regional level, and then how we work together nationally to have these conversations about reform work together and synergistically to try to help sustain momentum towards change. I think that that's one of the key things that this consortium brings, right? A network, a structure, and the ability to move forward and develop real impetus around the country to help make change easier and not make everyone think that they have to reinvent the wheel to start implementing kind of concrete useful and thoughtful uh, methods for policing and police practices to improve. As Madeline mentioned, it's important for us to learn from each other and ensure that this is all part of the training and the work that we can do to help our students play a really positive part of change, not just in law school, but in their future as lawyers who are our colleagues in the profession. Thank you. And now, Suda, you were just elected to the advisory committee of the consortium for 2021 through 2024. What are you hoping to accomplish during this time? Yes, you are catching me. I think I'm all of two weeks into my role (laughs) part of the advisory committee. So I'm still getting settled into that role. But I think we're one of the things I'm very excited about is institutionalizing learning and opportunities for students to learn about police practices and police reform across the consortium, right? We are working on kind of understanding what the different policing courses are that are taught in different law schools across the country. And we're thinking about ways in which to make sure all of our law students for all of consortium member schools have access to these courses, whether that's a consortium-wide course that's on policing or helping Law schools create relationships with each other to make sure students have access to educational opportunities. We're still working through that. We know that we have access to and support from leading scholars in the field of researching police practices and thinking about police reform. 
And we want to take advantage of that expertise and make sure that our students, all of them, have access to that that can, again, help serve as a catalyst for their critical thinking and knowledge on this area and help them develop expertise in this field as they go out into the world. I think the other thing that I'm really interested in is the legislative and regulatory reform work that we might be able to engage in collectively. As Madeline said, these efforts can and should be coordinated, not siloed in different parts of the country to create a greater impact and greater momentum towards change in whatever jurisdiction people find themselves in. That's great. Thank you. And as I understand it, there are a number of projects being readied for launch. So Madeline, can you tell us a bit more about the work that will be undertaken and what that will entail? Yeah, sure. And you can see how excited we are to have Dean Setti join our advisory team. She's got such great thoughts and insight in this work. You know, there are three things that every law faculty in the country, and I'm not sure how to use the right English here, does or do, and that is teaching, research, and service. And we all engage in this, right? It's sort of the hallmarks of being a a part of a law faculty. And so the consortium is really following that model. Suda just talked about our teaching, right? Whether we can reimagine the teaching that we're doing in law school, we are lifelong learners. Lawyers are lifelong learners, and we have to make sure that we are teaching what should be taught and not just what we taught five years ago. So number one is looking at our courses, looking at engaging in good police practices and courses, helping our students understand what those are and to learn from the mistakes of the past. We're doing that. We're doing it collectively, and the consortium is working on that. We're also working on research. The law librarians have engaged in this research project with us. They are creating research templates for us to hire law students that we're calling fellows who will work collectively with each other, which is really pretty exciting to work with law students across the country instead of just those in your own law school. We're developing these research templates to assist fellows as they identify relevant people within their local agencies as experts to develop this research work and to figure out what research has to get put out there to bring about policy changes, right? To push those changes, to do what Dean Setti said, to push legislators to author a bill, right? Whether locally or nationally. So we're engaging in that work and uh, our students will be engaged in that work. And then on the service side, we are working and partnering not only with the ABA, but with law firm pro bono partners across the country who are lending their legal expertise to helping us on the research side, on the policy side, on the legislative advocacy side, and or in really reimagining what public safety should look like. As Dean Setti said, police officers are trying to do their jobs and they are following a set of regiments. Well, if we need to throw those out, we need to throw those out and give them another set, right? And so as we think about the community of policing, what that looks like, the consortium is gonna be working with law enforcement and with community voices, because it's the members of the community that can tell us best what they want and what they need in terms of public safety for themselves. And the law schools and the deans and our faculty members who are engaged in this work can sort of serve as a convening body for those groups of people who need to come about to bring about sustainable change. We're really, really excited about it. And bringing on our new director, Jessalyn Walker with the ABA has been 
really a terrific advancing of the cause, if you will. We've spent the last year in meetings laying foundational groundwork, and we've done a lot of things. We've done tons of webinars to bring this issue to the awareness of our member schools. And now we'll be taking the next steps into teaching, research, and service to see how we might reimagine public safety in America. We're really excited about it and super thrilled to have Dean Setti join our advisory team. Great. Thank you. And you mentioned working with local and federal policing departments. So what exactly will that look like? And what role do you anticipate police agencies playing in this work? And finally, how will you prepare students to engage in those conversations? Um, That's a terrific question. I think it's one that we continue to think through, and it's one that perhaps needs some tailoring, right? One type of conversation is not going to be appropriate for every type of police department that we're engaging with. And so I think the key here in terms of preparing students is to kind of work with the fellows on how to engage, right? The kind of critical thinking skills that we try to bring forward in all of our law students anyways, in terms of how to engage with different populations and difficult conversations and give them, you know, not necessarily a script, but a set of tools to work with what is undoubtedly going to be some uncomfortable conversations at certain points. But I go back to what Madeline said just a few minutes ago, and that is that change management is difficult and police departments, federal, state, and local police departments, all are institutions that have uh, deep histories and folks who have very different views, maybe even from each other on what the next steps are in terms of institutional change. And so I think the job of our fellows and the job of the consortium in general is to work with those agencies to think about what change looks like for them and to really view ourselves as a supportive and empowering role in moving institutions that are sometimes entrenched in certain positions toward a different and hopefully more equitable, just and inclusive model for engaging with community members. The hope is for everyone to feel like community safety is the primary goal here of everyone who's involved in this project. And we might have different views of how to get there, but the idea is to, again, give our students and others engaging with the departments the tools to have those conversations and to help achieve that common goal that we all have. Yeah, so well said, Zed. I think that's exactly correct. Change comes hard, even good change. And we just have to stay at this for a long time. And I think that's the goal of the consortium, right? To be a, an empowering body of thinkers and doers to just do our part because all of us have a part. Nobody's singularly at fault for and nobody's going to be the single savior of where we got off track to the extent that we have. So the consortium, we're so excited and so grateful for Trish Rifo, who was president of the ABA when this launched and Judy Perry Martinez before her and the ABA's leadership right now for working with us on this consortium. Well, thank you both of you for sharing that with us. And now before we wrap up our conversation today, if any of our listeners are interested in partnering with the consortium or member schools, what would be the best way for them to go about that? So Madeline mentioned her already. I think the person to contact is our director, Jessalyn Walker, J-E-S-S-A-L-Y-N, walker at americanbar.org. 
She is a terrific resource for all of us and can be a resource for anyone interested in learning more about this consortium or the work that we're doing now and hope to do in the future. Great. Well, and this is just an introduction to the consortium. So we'll look forward to hearing from you again in the future as the work moves forward. So thank you again to both of you for being with us today. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you so much. Great. So listeners, once again, this is Dean Madeline Landrew of Loyola University, New Orleans College of Law, and Dean Suba Seti of Western New England University School of Law. So thank you again, and thank you to our listeners for joining us on this episode of The Just Pod. <laughs>